0: Welcome to Tesseract Podcast, where we unlock your power to innovate. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm going to be your host today. Tesseract's mission is to empower airmen, connect them to resources, and accelerate change across the Air Force logistics enterprise. Specifically, our team works as an innovation accelerator assigned to the Air Staff Logistics Directorate, where we partner with airmen to operationalize the new sustainment strategy. In this episode, we talked with the Rapid Sustainment Office, or the RSO for short. We talked through their overarching mission, and we took a deep dive into their Lighthouse initiative. All right, here we go. And let's go ahead and uh, get started. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is Matt Dancero. Uh, I'm currently
1: the dual-hatted as a systems engineering lead for the RSO and then the chief engineer for the product development or product management uh, division at the, here at the RSO. Um, I, I joined the Air Force as a civilian, as an engineer, uh, ever since I graduated college. So, looking at a little over ten years at this point, uh, most of my career has been in crew systems engineering, which has been, you know, human interfaces for aircrew and maintainers. So, think about controls, displays, ejection seats, life support systems, carry-on equipment, uh, maintainer interfaces, uh, which is which has been great because it's given me a, a really good appreciation of our warfighters, of our users. Um, so I stumbled upon the kind of the RSO systems engineering lead posting a few years back, and uh, I was I was really excited to, to learn about a new organization that was just dedicated to the maintenance and logistics community. Um, having having worked with maintainers in the past, uh, they they're definitely a, a hardworking community, but it's underserved by like the science and technology field. Uh, they don't get a lot of the new advanced technologies um, that ends up being on more of the ops side. So I was really excited to to really bring those innovations and that advanced technology to, to really modernize maintenance and logistics and then get them past uh, just state of the art and get them onto the bleeding edge of technology. So that really, really enthused me. And, and now that I've been with the RSO for a couple of years, I, I really do believe that it's, it's the right organization and it's postured in the right way to really take those innovations and get them to the warfighters at scale. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we'll talk more about what that really means and how, how
0: some of my programs help support that. Uh, but, but I think it's, it's unique in that aspect here at the RSO. Mm-hmm. Before we, we dig into the specifics of Lighthouse, uh, can you give us like a, just a 30,000-foot a overview um, with what the RSO is, is doing, Like maybe some general lines of effort for our listeners that might not be familiar with the RSO? Uh, RSO in general, or, or Lighthouse specifically? Uh, RSO in general. And sure. Then we'll start getting into the to the Lighthouse questions. But uh, um, you know, I, I think we're we're getting some like, yeah. My mind right now is is going to just the overall strategic application of of our organizations, and I think that might be a, a good tangent that our listeners might be interested in.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll see what I can do there. So <laughs> I know um, it's a curveball. No. Yeah. No. It's 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 great. Uh, so, so the, the RSO, and I don't have to go back, delve into the history, but we're about four years old at this point, and and the charter and the mission is to bring new and emerging technology to the maintenance and logistics community uh, and to increase mission readiness and decrease sustainment phase costs, because we know that there, there's stats around 70% of a total life cycle's cost of a weapon system, you know, all the way through uh, development, through um, through retirement, 70% of that whole cost is during sustainment and operations. So so there's your ability to kind of reduce the total life cycle costs if you attack that area. Um, And then obviously, increasing operational readiness is is the key to our warfighting capability. So so the organization was set set up with that in mind, with some of the the focus being more on enterprise systems. Because every every MDS, every aircraft has a SPO, uh, and they have a program office that focuses on that aircraft focuses on EMD you know development through operations and statement through retirement Um, but they're very focused on that aircraft and so uh, the Air Force and and Dr. Roper at the time wanted to stand up an organization that was looking at everything um, because that is when you start to unlock real impacts Is when you have the the synergy associated with enterprise solutions Mm -hmm. Um, and so the organization was stood up with that in mind and and we were given technology focus areas to help us kind of focus the type of solutions we go after so um, i'll list just a few for you because i'll put them in terms of the teams since since you've been talking to to some of the team leads so cbm plus is one of our big focus areas um, in the uh, uh, ai ml spectrum and and then we have advanced manufacturing which is another program office within the rso and that's looking at um, how do we how do we augment our supply chain with things like 3D printing, things like cold spray? And then we have the product management team, which is uh, the team that I'm on and, and, and the technical lead for. And, and under our team, we are focused on augmented reality and virtual reality, uh, data and digital enterprise, uh, or data and digital environments. excuse me, uh, rapid and austere environments, and automation and robotics. And then Lighthouse kind of fills out our team and so those being where the, the pool of the type of technologies that we apply to the gaps that we get from our community. So the the initial gaps and, and requirements that we work off of are called Ability 2 statements. And they came from Headquarters Air Force A4. And, and they've worked with the, the match A4s uh, who have gathered gaps and problem statements from their users, which has flowed up into these uh, Ability 2 statements that then mm-hmm. get uh, sent out to the different technology owners and so we then try to d- match our technology focus areas against these ability to statements and that helps us to ascertain what problems we should go after you know what are our functional requirements um, and then the type of solutions that we start to attribute to against them so I'm getting a little bit in the weeds of how we operate
0: but no I think that's great yeah. I mean because yeah. you're you're tying that in uh, beautifully to what. That value stream between Tesseract and the RSO, like you know, is or at, at Tesseract, we work directly with frontline airmen on a on a nearly daily basis, right? Identifying, you know, what their pain points are, like what those requirements are, and to try and bring those to light. And, uh, and, and that certainly like, like feeds into your strategic objectives like here, here at the RSO. I think that's great how you brought that up. And, and I think something else that makes
1: the RSO unique and how we kind of accomplish that end-to-end technology delivery value chain um, is that we try to focus on mature technology and getting those, to, like, like I repeated myself earlier, uh, to an enterprise scale, right? So an enterprise to us is more than just a single point solution. Right. So there's a lot of organizations that are developing new and cool uh, technologies, but they end up just going to maybe one use case or one user. Mm-hmm. Um, we really focus on taking those proven solutions and adapting them as needed, but getting them ready to serve 300,000 airmen at hundreds of locations with dozens and dozens of MDSs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we bring the, the acquisition and the technical rigor associated with bridging that valley of death. Uh, between having a great, minimally viable product and something that can be adopted at scale and sustained for a life cycle so that it doesn't just die on the vine when it gets out to a single user. Um, so that's something that I think we can really partner with and I, I'm sure we'll get into this more as, as we as we continue this podcast, but uh, that, that's something that we can start to partner with organizations like Tesseract, with organizations like SparkSales, with AFRL. Um, there really is a dovetail into that end-to-end technology delivery where the RSO can play uh, an important role in getting technology
0: and advancements out to the warfighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, So let's start getting more specific into into Lighthouse. Uh,
1: So so Lighthouse at its origins, it's a technology development approach, and it actually plays a a critical phase within our tech delivery pipeline. So we talked a little bit about the the total kind of cross-org technology delivery pipeline of operational need to uh, adoption at scale. So the RSO has our technology delivery pipeline and the left side of the pipeline focuses on identifying the operational need, making sure that we have a full understanding of that need, matching it with candidate solutions and building out initial set of proof of concept, adapting it to military environments and getting to that MVP, that minimally viable product and and assuring that we have a suitable solution. That's when a lot of technologies will experience that value of death. Some of the industry uh, statistics are like 70% of pilot programs don't scale. And, and we're no better in the military, we're, we're probably worse. Um, and so the RSO took a concerted effort to be very deliberate of how do we bridge that valley of death? How do you build in the pillars, build in the road top to, to bridge that valley of death because a point solution or a cool technology that never gets out into the hands of the warfighters. It's just cool, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's not a capability. It's not a war-winning capability. And so that's what we want to try to deliver in the RSO. And so uh, we we developed this idea called Pathways to Scale. And it takes two vectors, uh, one being what we call Summit and then one being Lighthouse. So just real quick on Summit so that we can kind of see how you flip the coin and become Lighthouse. So (laughs) Summit is the idea of user expansion. So we've proven an MVP in a single location or a single user or a very small set. So the idea of Summit is to expand that user set, expand the use cases, expand the environment in some aspects um, to make a more resilient product. And, and all the while, in both of these vectors, we are also working the acquisition programmatics and the cyber and the airworthiness and the authorizations associated with um, transitioning or scaling, which is something else that uh, some innovation or, or research organizations uh, might not have the capacity to do, and could inhibit um, the ability to actually scale and adopt. So, so we built in these, um, these milestone criteria to help us get there. So Summit being one way to mature technology. Um, the other way is Lighthouse. So Lighthouse is also doing those similar programmatics um, that's trying to build the, the pathways to scale. But the way that we mature technology at Lighthouse is kind of different. We actually, instead of expanding to multiple locations, we're converging multiple technologies onto one location. And we're either simply co-locating them or we're actually technically integrating them together, um, uh, especially in kind of the digital space. And, and what we believe will happen from that is an exponential impact on unit performance or on user performance, uh, more than additive, right? So, and and then it builds out synergies and then you create this blueprint for scaling a systems of systems approach um, or, Uh, scaling individually based upon the user demand. But it it gives us that that opposite side of the coin of looking at synergy of effort uh, instead of individual technologies and the impact
0: on their own. Interesting. Um, So what methodology went into selecting Nellis? Uh, And and more specifically, the the Strike Eagle Eagle, uh, AMU uh, as a location for Lighthouse.
1: Sure, so we actually started with um, uh, looking for what what would be the appropriate MDS? What would be the appropriate aircraft to go after here? And, and we did spend you a know, c- couple months kind of thinking through all this because we, we wanted to assure that whatever aircraft we went to didn't have a proposed like near-term drawdown, right, because that would kind of cut the legs out of, out of the progress that we were trying to make. Uh, we wanted to make sure that it was accessible. Think about from a security perspective. We work with a lot of industry and small businesses uh, getting higher levels of classification information Um, secret SAP TS for things like stealth aircraft would be difficult uh, and it would inhibit how quickly we can move out now not to say that we won't ever go there but for this initial kind of proof of concept of lighthouse of this process um, we decided to go uh, for something that was more on the unclass spectrum or fourth gen right legacy type aircraft Uh, we wanted to make sure that the Air Force was the lead service um, so that we uh, weren't having to deal with you know some of the joint requirements and some of the possible bureaucracy and, and processes that we'd have to navigate. Um, we wanted to choose an aircraft that had kind of middle-of-the-road metrics, right? So we didn't want to have something with a availability or um, mission-capable rate too high because that would kind of mask the, the impacts that we're making. Or too low, there'd be a lot of variables that would drag us down and we wouldn't get a fair representation of what our technology is doing for our user. And so all of that kind of converged and led to the F-15E. Uh, Once we settled on the F15E, we started to look at which bases and and really like Nellis jumped out at us pretty quickly because there's uh, There's a culture of innovation there at Nellis. Uh, They're posturing themselves to be the logistics OT and E center Um, and and, uh, they're working towards uh, a more robust Infrastructure system for connectivity out there. They're looking at 5g which which we just knew right away was going to be an enabling technology for everything that we were bringing out there And then uh, most importantly just leadership enthusiasm out there again because it breeds kind of a culture of innovation They were they were thrilled with this. Uh, They gave us a lot of support And so they just became a very natural partner for
0: us for our first air force lighthouse That's awesome can you give us some examples of uh, some of the most game-changing tech currently being evaluated at the Lighthouse? Absolutely, and, and there's a lot about it, so I'll, just, uh, I'll, I'll try to hit a, a couple, a few for you.
1: So, so I would say the, the first is, is more of, a, of an engineering tool set, but I think it's important to, to tell our users how we went about developing uh, Lighthouse technology. And so, so that, that, to me, is the first game-changing capability, is the fact that we use model-based systems engineering. to to help us manage our integrated systems of systems approach. And what MBSC is, or or the tool set that we're using to manage our MBSC is is Cameo Systems Modeling. So so what we started out is we actually did a couple weeks, kind of day in the life shadowing the maintainers out at Nellis, um, taking notes on the daily activities that they do, who they communicate with, the systems that they use, to really try to understand uh, at a very granular level uh, what it takes to accomplish maintenance. What does that value chain look like? And then we model it in our digital tool sets so that we can start creating connections, so that we can start building some some back-end data that creates this robust relationship between uh, activities that the maintainer does, the different personas on the flight line, the functional requirements that are needed to meet those activities, and then we can start to allocate uh, technology solutions against them and then start to manage how those integrated technologies accomplish the different activities that the maintainer requires. So MBSC and Cameo Systems, I think, is the first kind of game-changing technology because it's digital uh, tool sets building digital ecosystems, which is very cool from like the SE nerd standpoint. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some of the more maintainer-centric tool sets that we're bringing, uh, one being uh, the Aircraft Infrastructure Readiness System, or AIRS. So we're partnering with Beacon Interactive And that's a web-based workflow and aircraft status management tool. Um, So you can do things in there like assign jobs, uh, you can step through procedures, uh, and then while you're stepping through procedures, you get live updates of job status, uh, which is just a few of the capabilities that AIRS is bringing, because we're also looking at things, um, or we're developing digital forms, like digital 781 forms, uh, ProSoup daily sheets, mission boards. There's a lot that's being built out within the AIRS mission application. Um, Another one is MARS, so Maintenance Augmented Reality System, which gives you a more intuitive way to interact with your your tech data or your procedures. Um, Think about holding up your phone and overlaying different symbology on your environment or putting on a HoloLens uh, augmented reality headset and being able to just look around and you have object-oriented or aircraft-oriented instructions, directions, and then it also gives you a tele capability, where if you need a troubleshooter, you have a question for your pro super your expediter, um, you just give them a call and they can see what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So, so think about how that can expedite the way that you do maintenance, right? Um, we, di- we, we discovered early on that those were some of the first um, opportunities for integration, Airs and Mars together. Um, the original kind of thought process or the legacy way of doing integration is in a daisy chain. So, so Mars talks to Airs, Airs talks back to Mars. If you bring in another system, okay, Airs has to talk to that system, that system has to talk to Mars, they have to talk back to each other, and you start to build this spider web that is very fragile when it, when it comes to integration, because if one system goes down, it can break a lot of other systems. Mm-hmm. And so instead of that approach, uh, we've partnered with Google to, to build out uh, what we're calling the Lighthouse Integration Technology Engine, uh, which is an API-centered, cloud-based integration platform, which takes that daisy chain and turns it more into a hub and spoke mentality. Um, And it uses APIs to have a common language that can pass information throughout anybody that's connected to that hub, Mm -hmm. uh, which creates a much more resilient, much more flexible uh, way of doing integration. And it's more scalable uh, and really benefits the Air Force because we, we we unlock something called distributed functionality. So a, a lot of legacy military development, we try to boil the ocean with a single solution. Mm-hmm. And we try to make one solution do everything. And again, that's very fragile, because if it if it uh, bogs down or breaks down, you lose a lot of capability. And so, or when it needs a tech refresh, that's very expensive, right? And this is the statement of that. And so with this idea of distributed functionality is you have multiple systems that are working together each doing maybe their own function within an entire maintenance value chain, but integrated in a a seamless, elegant manner to accomplish the the total mission set. So if one system gets knocked out, I can still do 98% of my, my other jobs because the other systems are still there. Or if I need to tech refresh or decide on a different best of breed solution, I can remove and replace just that mission application. So we're allowing these vendors to be really good, really deep at their part of the pie about, of their activities within the maintenance value chain, but then stitching them together so that for the maintainer, it's seamless, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really that just unlocks like so much capability, so much scalability going forward because APIs are, are a industry uh, a common industry practice now. So most modern digital systems and applications are using APIs. Um, the legacy systems provide a little bit of a challenge, right? Things like IMDS, which uh, which we may have to build uh, APIs out for, or we have to figure out what is the most elegant way to integrate them. Um, but what that means for new developments and Airman developments is, if you can speak our API, you can get into our system, and that just unlocks so many capabilities mm-hmm. and allows us to go after um, New activities as we discover them and as we model them in our problem space. So <laughs> MVSC, Airs, uh, uh, Mars, and Lights are all just in, in, in my opinion, game-changing capabilities. And that's those are you know three of, of about eight to nine that we're currently
0: uh, starting to bring into that digital ecosystem out there. Mm-hmm. You know, what's next for the ideas that are being employed at Lighthouse? You know, I'm sure many airmen uh, listening to this podcast will get excited about the tech you, know, you guys are leveraging. I mean, it's, it sounds pretty awesome. You know, everything that you just laid out. Uh, you know, how long until we see, like, remote-controlled tow vehicles at every base or, you know, like, crazy stuff like that? Right, right. That's that's a great question. That's what everybody wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so so I will say RSO, uh, in general, and definitely at Lighthouse, we're demand-driven. So, so we will work on, what's our warfighter and what our customer needs us to. So we try not to push any, organi- uh, any solutions, right? We're not a solutions looking for problems mm-hmm. uh, type of organization. Yeah. Uh, we we want the airmen to come to us, right? Help us build out that problems-based understanding, help us build out um, where we should be looking to streamline your lives and to make your lives easier. And, and that's what's gonna drive us into the next set of technologies that we bring out there. Uh, we do have a backlog already of things that we just so many good ideas and so many uh solutions that are being brought to us from the users uh so many systems that we can start to integrate like ilss uh mock tracks TC Max. There's, there's a lot out there um don't get me started
0: on tc Max. yeah <laughs> don't, don't get
1: me started <laughs> we're
0: gonna make it easier for you yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh so we've we've already got kind of a, a backlog but we're always grooming that we're always looking for new ideas and so Some of the some of the near-term stuff that we're going to start seeing or things that we've already sent out to Nellis includes enhanced hearing protection. So double hearing protection that still allows for voice comms so that your foamies aren't getting in the way and you have to break your CLTL at each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's a pretty um, open source solution. That's pretty available. But we're we're putting the effort to to put the technical rigor into that so that we can get that available for everyone at scale. Uh, things like smart toolboxes, which are already starting to be seen at, at a lot of different Air Force bases, but we're gonna try to put um, the acquisition PEO rigor on that. So again, make that more of a, a capability in perpetuity rather than just these little point solutions. So, so those, are, those are near-term efforts because those are pretty mature technologies. Um, some of these other digital technologies that you're gonna start seeing, uh, you're gonna see a lighthouse first because our process involves going to our board of directors Uh, which is our scale decision, if you think about acquisition milestones. Um, So after Pathways to Scale, after Lighthouse, we go to our board of directors, which is made up of commanders and senior level acquisition officials um, that are postured to be able to speak for the sustainment enterprise. And so we go to them with a solution and we say, hey, we've got this recommendation of what should be an enterprise solution. Um, Yay or nay, right? Like give Mm -hmm. us a thumbs up or thumbs down. If they give us a thumbs up, um, we've already drafted up all this transition and sustainment strategy. So we just hit go. And and that would be the trigger of getting things out at scale to our users. And so there's a couple steps, right? Like I, I don't have the ability to snap my fingers and deliver something tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but know that we're putting in that rigor and we have that goal to go to our board of directors. And then once we get go from there is when you'll start
0: seeing things be more pervasive at the enterprise level. hmm I think one of the most uh, important things um, that I, I hope our listeners take away from, you know, not just the, this episode, but all of our other episodes is, at the very least, you know, someone's working on these problems, right? Um, yeah, you know, I remember, you know, being, you know, a maintainer sitting in, sitting in my shop and thinking, wow, like, we just, I just joked about TC Max, I was like, why isn't there a better solution than this, right? Um, but little did I know, you know like someone you know, in an office somewhere in Dayton, Ohio is working on it, right? Well, maybe not then, but, but certainly now. Um, Absolutely, and, and, and you can have confidence
1: in that, right? Like speaking directly to your users, um, RSO, and I know TestRack is made up of very passionate individuals. Um, and it's more than just engineers, right? Like sometimes that's the scariest thing for, for users, for operators and maintainers is, oh man, engineers are gonna give me something I don't really want. Um, because they think it's a good idea. We, and I know Tesseract is made up of, of users pretty solely. Uh, we in the RSO, we have a, a great cadre of logisticians of either active duty, military maintainers, um, or retired. Uh, we've got some great retired chiefs that are just wealth of knowledge, and they keep us on track. They they make sure that what we as engineers and program managers are developing is really gonna solve the right problem, is really gonna be usable by the users. So, so yes, your users can have confidence that, um, we are working it. We're making we're making strides. We're making efforts, and we have high confidence that we're going to give you the right solutions to the
0: problems that you have. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Tesseract Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and connect with us on LinkedIn. references to trademarked, copyrighted, or protected products or services such as books, movies, or businesses are used here for the limited purpose of education and professional development of Air Force Airmen. If you have any questions, please contact us at www.tesseract.af.mil.